0: Welcome Race Fans!
1: Welcome, race fans. This is Debris and Turn 3, the one and only NASCAR Fancast and Fantasy League, coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. On the program today, we're breaking down the race weekend from Las Vegas Motor Speedway, the Penzoil 400, the debut of the new rules package, this week's news,
0: and a look ahead to the rest of the West Coast swing. And make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Debris and Turn 3 keep up with the Fantasy League news and whatever else we have to say about NASCAR. Hey Matt, did you know that we have a website now? I did not know that. then, tell me more. All you have to do is just type in debrisintern3.com into your web browser and you can access this episode as well as all of our past episodes. Uh, you can also find a link to the Fantasy League and our social media accounts and we also have a blog. Matt has graced us with his literary talents and we'll be posting race recaps on our off weeks when we're not podcasting. Oh, well, grace and talents in the same sentence. Thank you, Dan.
1: And thank you for, again, putting on another hat here at Debris in Turn 3 as web designer. Also, it was a great job on the site. And it's going to be great for all the race fans to so check out and keep up with all the news here at the show and what's going on in the Fantasy League over at Fantrax. But first, uh, let's get into the winner circle and see who took
0: home the checkered flag last weekend. The weekend started with the K&N West Series on the dirt track at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Haley Deegan used some lap traffic as a pick to squeeze into the bottom lane, going into turn one, passing Jager, Jager Jones. Jaeger Jones? <laughs> uh, and getting her a second K&N win. Um, that was also Jager's first start in the K&N West Series, so he had no... There was no reason that he should have almost won that race. Well, it's on dirt, so
1: the wheel men really come out, and Hayley, the wheel women, Haley Deegan, with a fantastic win. They called her the Dirt Princess right before we got the show going today. So great
0: win. Those two are going to race all season long. And then in the trucks and Xfinity, uh, Kyle Busch, you know, just won those two races. So yeah, Kyle Busch just won yeah, that two races. So Kyle Busch did not get the full weekend sweep. Uh, in Sunday in the Cup Series, Joey Logano got his first win at Vegas, and Pes- Penske went 1-2 this last in second place. With Logano first in points, I think Penske right now is pretty dominant the early part of the season. Yeah, they're n- not really showing it in practice or qualifying, but when it comes to race time, they're up there. Absolutely. So what's going on in the Fantasy League? Well, this past week, first-time
1: winner of the season goes to Dirty Dog. And had a total score of a uh, 258.5 points. Yeah, we're doing the point five points. .5 for a position game. So always got to look to see who's qualifying, where in the field, and who might make some big jumps, and that's gonna get you some points. Uh, Mo- Moto Moto Xer 46. I'm like terrible at the game where you're like reading like license plates. I would always like lose. I'd be like, what's that one say? Not. Getting- <laughs> But, hey, we got a MotoGP fan in the field right now. Uh, A little Valentino Rossi fan, it looks like it. But they came home second place, Adagas in third. Gordon, 24, last week's winner, another top five in fourth. And Bristol Bill, who's been on top in the standings all season long so far, is fifth place with 230 points. The Mythos Motorsports team is leading the point standings after three races. Uh, Winner, Gordon, 24, in second. Bristol Bill Wetzel Motorsports in fourth, Adagas, fifth, and we got the 46 uh, moto team out in there in eighth place. So making a charge here early in the season. I like to see. Get yeah, jumping into the league here. The Debris and turn three, the Fantrax League. There's still time to get on board. We're gonna have lots of other activities going on, I think, with this season. I don't know, maybe we'll try to incorporate something along the way with like race winners and do a little all-star thing, I was thinking. A little bit. Uh, the wave around is the past weekend. So a white flag lat last year's Debris and Turn 3 champion take home his first win in the Champions League and earning some much needed playoff points before the FNK team runs away with that one. So that's always a fun game. Dan, you are almost back at the bottom of the stands in in that league. What's it going to take to get the high, wide and handsome team Getting some high points with the wave around. It.
0: Yeah, I think this week it's going to be, we're going to start turning around this week. Yeah. Because okay. that first season I was on top most of the season. Most and of the season you yeah. were on top. Well, it looked good. Yeah, but just got to make the right picks. So, yeah, it comes down to it. It's very difficult with those guys sometimes.
1: <laughs> uh, but. A little shout-out to the Waverounder teams that uh, were some of that lap traffic that made the racing really exciting towards the end of the Penzoil 400 last weekend. So with that, do you want to like start talking about the race weekend? First, we have to talk about our bonehead move of the week. Oh, also bonehead move right there, not having the show script open. Realize
0: we were going to that before the the race recap. <laughs> I thought it was a little bit difficult to find a bonehead move this week because the race, uh, we'll talk about later, but there was a lot of, uh, there was no on track incident. So it was a lot of green flag, zero cautions for contact. Yeah. So my pick for the bonehead move of the week is the cruise for the 42 car and the three car for having too many men over the wall. And it wasn't so much that the men were actually over the wall. It was that the tire carrier, the guy that's caking the tire Wait, waiting for, to
1: retrieve the tire yeah
0: from the he pit was box. leaning over the wall and had the and they had their hands in the pit box so nascar says that counts as having too many men over the wall I, which is a, a violation it is a violation i thought it was a little bit of a silly call when it first happened nitpicky yeah um but then as like the days went on and i was thinking about you know it's probably you know, it's a safety issue you know anything could happen on pit road a car could come down Guy could get his arm pinned between the wall and a car, you know. So, so I'm I'm fine with the with the call, and I'm saying that those crew members get the bonehead move of the week.
1: Those crew members, and also maybe their crew chief for not keeping those crew members abreast of all the rule changes, and it's that it's their job and responsibility. I was gonna go that way, and agree with you, but my bonehead move of the week is gonna go to Kyle Busch with his pit road penalty, which I think took him out of contention to win the race and his lame excuse after the race of a brake package that they brought to Las Vegas that didn't help him slow down and he was too fast entering. Look, he had a top five car. He looked to be one of the fastest machines in the race and that move uh, and that mistake, which is all on him getting down to pit road speed, it was a bonehead move and it pretty much cost him the race, arguably cost him winning that race. That's a good call. Let's start talking about the race. No on-track incidents since October six, two thousand two at Talladega. What? I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Hold on. Excuse me. I'm t- We gotta restart that. I just want to re- re- read that. No, you said it correctly. No on-track incidents since October six, two thousand two at Talladega. I Meaning there was no cautions, save for the stage breaks. Gotcha. I, I see where that stat's coming from, but for to me,
1: this wasn't a caution-free race because there were two cautions in this race for 20 minutes.
0: Right, but the actual racing itself, no, no, no uh, cautions other than the stage breaks. The yellow didn't fly for any... Debris contact. or contact, yes. correct. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: So we saw one of those, as I like to kind of say, formulaic, sort of races with the stages. It was uh, not quite that pack
0: racing that we thought that some of the fans were expecting to see. Yeah. I mean, the, the restarts, they were like three and four wide, which they were in Atlanta too. So I was kind of expecting that, but yeah, I think a lot of the fans were expecting to see Daytona and Talladega on a mile and a half. Right. Because now this was the
1: full rules package, the aero ducks, high spoilers, all this downforce and we're expecting to have cars with a lot of grip that are gonna be able to ride side by
0: side for 400 miles around a really fast racetrack. But they were uh, flat out. A lot of guys were saying that they were not really lifting that much, so they have a lot of corner speed, and uh, which I'm not really crazy about. So the cars are going slower because of the tapered spacer, yet they still have more speed in the center of the corner because they're not lifting. It's a rules package it's
1: designed and this is how they figured it out and i won't say that who knew really what to expect but i like the the racing was exciting i thought the they were they were close but it to me as
0: a old school race fan it felt like manipulated didn't it uh no i actually felt the opposite i felt like this is
1: Right. And it was almost at that stage one yellow flag that it almost felt like the race was starting to come alive as some different tire strategies began to come into play. And that's where I say it's a bit formulaic because you cut the stage in half. Some guys, a very few, might roll the dice with some strategy. In the first stage, we saw Daniel Suarez lead a few laps and stretch it. But then the, the yellow the flag flies. Stage one is over. We have a little break. Go get a hot dog at the stands. I'll get up, go make myself something to drink, come back, <laughs> sit down, and then pick up watching stage two. It's great, just like NASCAR intended. Really, it's like a ten-minute yellow flag. It, it's really just kind of takes the momentum like right out of the whole race.
0: Did we just? Are we getting on a stage? discussion right here is, is, um, is I think we should try to veer back towards the race discussion yeah I don't want to get on a stage thing yeah. because
1: the state but this it was a very impactful part of the race to me it, it kind of this did the, the NASCAR stages of the race obviously we, because we said there was no yellows for any contact and I'm not saying I need to see a yellow flag and I get what you're saying how it seemed to resemble a typical mile and a half race but I would argue that Even into 25 laps of a restart after the stage, uh, particularly when stage two began, Brad Keselowski with his two-tire strategy up front was able to maintain his lead over his teammate, Joey Logano. And at that point, uh, Kevin Harvick was up front as well as uh, Kyle Busch. And it was some pretty close racing for, I would just say, a a little more... uh, a tight racing than we would normally see at that point of a run at a mile and a half race.
0: Yeah. And I did like seeing, um, like a group of three or four cars, um, because they were very racy, you know, and there was a draft, you know, the cars, they're punching a big hole in the wind. They got the arrow ducks that are working. So you could see that guys could get runs, whether it was, you know, on the high side or, but you can kind of like see them working that draft side drafting, uh, Ricky Stenhouse was kind of probably the guy out there that was racing the hardest. He was side-drafting Eric Jones and making contact. Um, so <laughs> they were, they were trading paint yeah. uh,
1: several times during the race and uh, Ricky Stenhouse, once again, he catches the ire of a lot of race uh, fans and also the drivers calling him out on the radio. But I can't blame Ricky Stenhouse for giving it his all on an afternoon when his car is racy. Right. He wants to be racy and he wants everyone to know that he's out there and he had a good finish. Yeah. like uh, top 10. It was a good, it was a, it was a good race for him. And it's crazy when a guy like Ricky Stenhouse now is kind of jumping off the screen, so to speak, when you're watching it on TV, uh, more so than seven time champ, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. There are just some guys I feel like are just getting like lost out there on the broadcast that just get mentioned. And Ricky Stenhouse, look, it's, it's very competitive to be a a good race car driver at the cup level. And, I mean, for all his crit like uh, critics out there, I mean, this guy is is he's like chucking it up with these each, <laughs> these guys every week. I think it's great. I don't know. You're a fan. I'm a I'm, I'm a Ricky Stenhouse fan of how Ricky Stenhouse just goes about his business, basically as like a mid tier team guy out there trying to compete. Like he just he's a competitor every week, and he's if I was In the 17 pit box, I'd be happy to have him as my driver because I feel like that guy is out there trying to do the best he can with what we brought to the racetrack this day.
0: In terms of the package, I mean, Steve O'Donnell even said after the race that it's still too early, and I I agree with that. We need a larger sample size, a couple of different size tracks. I mean, we're going to Phoenix this week, and I think they're using the full package there. That'll be interesting. Yeah, there really wasn't a lot of like memorable stuff from this race, the only other thing that really like jumped out to me was Harvick not being able to get out of his pit box. There was like no grip. <laughs>
1: it definitely offered up some great photos and video and slow-mo shots yeah. of the four car, trying to get off that, that, that spot and spinning yeah. his tires. Yeah. But like he said, after the race in his interview, he said it was a challenge and they did what they needed to do. And he praised his crew for their, their, Work on the car all day long, but he was complaining about the handle getting away of the four car. And it's the same thing that he said happened at Atlanta. So maybe that that team and the rest of the Stuart Haas cars just kind of getting outrun by Penske and Joey Logano. He's got to be like if we were like a power rankings, if we were making them, I don't really look at power rankings, but I, that the 22
0: car right now, it's got to be up at top. Yeah, With practice, ask you right there during the winter circle, I said that the Penske cars they don't really show that speed during practice and qualifying, but they've been up front when it comes to race time.
1: It's really hard to tell when you looking at practice speeds, and I do look at final practice speeds. But when I make my fantasy picks, I like to look at the 10-lap averages. i like to look to see whose car might be handling and faster as the runs progress. Maybe that's not going to mean as much with this new package and this drafting and the momentum runs and things like that that the drivers are trying to build. Yeah. Uh, is tire wear going to be as big of a factor as the season progresses? There's so many unknowns right now. So that even looking at practice speeds could be misleading because you don't know what
0: trends are really going to matter. We're going to have this rules package probably for the next couple of years until the gen seven car comes out. So I feel like everything that's happening right now in NASCAR is kind of just like a stopgap until we get to that new car with the new engine and or the new their, schedule. Yeah. Or the, yeah, the new car,
1: the, uh, when is NASCAR going to settle into something? Is it ever going to settle into? Has it ever been able to settle into
0: anything? No, I don't think. There's always been rules changes uh whether it's uh manufacturer or the body style or I mean, go back even in the 90s. I mean, just in a couple in a couple of years you can see the change in the cars from like the late 80s into like the early 90s kind of you know. and then even go back to the early
1: 90s and the 80s with the just changes week to week to make the competitive advantages for the manufacturers yeah. the it, change is a big part of nascar and auto racing because of technology and and the work that the teams do the work at the people in the shop that you don't see each and every week at the racetrack. Cause that's you know, the other whole other side to what goes on in, in racing is everybody back at that shop. And I like to, I don't know. That's what was one of my favorite parts of racing when they always like, dang back at the shop. Cause yeah. you know, there's a whole team back there like building cars and yeah. loading them up. And I don't know. I just, for some reason I always like that part of racing to, to, to think about the, the car and the work that happens there, the loading and the going to the track. It's, it's the whole package that makes, the team and probably at this point of the sport, like getting the whole thing, working logistically and the, you know, having a good team back at the shop and transporting unloading and keeping the team, uh, you know, well fit and up on all the rules and into the race the whole weekend and alert. It's gotta be a monumental task to do that. And also win a championship, which is why I think team Penske, Is kind of prevailing right now because of the experience of Roger Penske. And also, likewise, with Joe Gibbs racing, Denny Hamlin winning the 500, like the coach is like has really built like that culture of winning over there. And like some of these other legacy teams of NASCAR, Hendrick Motors, also Richard Childress racing, Petty. Like they just—it's kind of changed. the- sport has
0: changed a little bit, and I mean, I was even just thinking about this the other day. I think Hendrick and Gibbs, I think, are really the only teams left that have four cars. I think like every other team has one or two. I mean, Penske has three, four, if you want to include the twenty-one. But yeah, there's a lot of teams these days. There yeah, are like they've two cars contracted the and. Yeah. I think the the two-car team
1: is a model that will probably fit and work with NASCAR as we go forward. And like we said, there's a lot of things that are changing. The rules package that all of a sudden we are at this high downforce rules package after years and years of talk. Well, I'm saying years and years. After the well, emphasis like five, over like the last years. several years yeah. of of uh, how important it was to have less downforce and put it in the driver's hands. But, I mean, did we really just see just the cream of the crop rise yeah. Joe Logano, Kevin Harvick winning yeah. the races as well as Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski last season
0: as so everybody else just kind of. I know they, they're trying to make this rules package so that I mean, the the best cars will always win as as they've said, um, but to also help those lower teams to have more an advantage. But yeah, it seems like the all the top so far in these first couple of weeks, the top teams are where they should be. I just don't like this high downforce thing because I, like you said, the last five years was all about taking away downforce and putting it back into the hands of the drivers and having all to make them lift in the corners because that—that's how you pass people. You know, you have to be able to make the ground of a guy lifting to go into the corner. So again, we'll have to see how this package plays out the rest of uh, this season. But I'm really surprised that the Fords are doing so well right now. Right um, after unveiling the Mustang right, this car, season. Yeah. Because I feel like when they came out with the Fusion, it was sort of a similar body style. They had that flat front end, and then they, mm-hmm. after like one season, they were like, all right, let's maybe round this thing out in the front and get some better aerodynamics. But it seemed the Mustang seems to be doing really the Mustang well. Mustang
1: seems to be doing really well. I mean, it's yeah. won two of the first three races, and not only is Team Penske been very strong, but uh, also Stuart Haas, has been up there in the top five, top ten as well. Uh, you said Clint Boyer top of the leaderboards, and Eric Almirola is running strong. I've never seen a driver get so much praise for his quiet top tens than Eric Almirola and his Smithy Field Ford Mustang. I, I mean, great. It's, it's wonderful, Eric Almirola and your top tens. We've, we said we we're going to be a little harsher on the drivers this year. Yeah. But I, I mean, I'm just not impressed with Eric Almirola at all
0: behind the wheel of a Stuart Haas machine right now. I think he's a good plate racer. But when it comes to like the mile and a half, cent, like the intermediates and the short tracks. I, eh. I would argue he's pedestrian in, in the plate. I think he's, uh, I think a lot of the Ford guys
1: right now are benefits of the Rouse Yates engine department i think he's uh, and i'm not saying that he's not a good driver by any means but just
0: absolutely
1: just well not you can see he got into 10s. good
0: equipment and he's doing better
1: doing better but i know he's not blowing the doors off anybody out there and when he has been up front i've seen some mental mistakes and i've seen him also like lose a little bit of control of the race car I, on the eye test as far as car control is mm, not that good to me just a fan in Brooklyn yeah. watching racing on the weekends. Yeah, so what do NBA. you have to say about it? <laughs> what do you have to say about it?
0: Well, I'm the guy with the microphone, so you're going to have to listen to every damn word I have to say. I think we should move on. There was some talk this week because Kyle Busch won the truck and the Xfinity race, so he got up to 196 wins across all three series. So of course everyone starts comparing him to the king. And I feel we've talked about this on the show in the past. So what are your thoughts on I, Kyle Bush and closing in on oh yeah, 200 we wins? we said we were
1: going to talk about this. I, I think Kyle Bush is the target of a little I mean, I mean as I was just previously saying being harsh, more harsh on drivers this season, I think we've been a little too harsh on Kyle Bush and his presence in what a lot of fans call the lower series, which really to me kind of demeans the drivers that are in those series. I don't even particularly like to use the phrase feeder series. I think it perhaps has developed into that. But I do like the Companion Series. It's more racing for the race fans that come out there and an opportunity for young drivers to get seat time and make a name for themselves. And by doing that, it's being out on the racetrack and racing like drivers Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick when they decide to get in there. And I applaud NASCAR for limiting a little bit. As a big MotoGP fan, I do like the weekend of watching the three levels of racing in one day and you don't see any riders crisscrossing from one level to another. Uh, It is like a rite of passage moving from one to the next, but it has been outlined by a lot of drivers that they, Kyle Busch's presence needs to be there because he brings the sponsorship to the team and they sponsor the up and coming drivers on his team. But he
0: now but they want to see him. He just him got behind. a, a multi year extension. Yeah, with they M&Ms. want to
1: see him behind the wheel also to promote their brand on the car. And listen, he it's I really do not have a problem with them being out there. Like I said, NASCAR has made some good changes. They're, they're not the the Cup drivers are not in the Xfinity or Truck series in the playoffs. I think that's a fair compromise. But for the rest of the season, I mean, limiting is is fine to his But I also just. It was cool watching Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, trying to race down Kyle Busch, who tore through the field after I believe they had another tire penalty,
0: uh, a loose wheel or something earlier in the race. I had the truck race on for like a little bit, um, but I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't even realize that he was in the race until I saw that he won. Um, But the, the fact that he's, I think, 52 wins in uh, the, cup the, series. the Cup Series? Yeah. So whatever. 200, if he gets to 200, that's great. Respect him I, for winning all those races, but Richard Petty has 200 Cup wins. Right. No and one will ever reach that.
1: No, it, nobody will ever reach that. And either which way you dice that up, he has 200 wins, the Grand National Cup level. And I don't know where this comparison actually came from with Kyle Bush. I think it's a great accomplishment you have 200 national series wins it's 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 remarkable he's a future hall of famer but it's not
0: the 200 wins that we're talking about i don't really understand where this dialogue came from i think people just like saw that he was getting close to two and someone just like they like to see records get broken or numbers get surpassed it's just that's not the same also nascar fans don't really seem to pay attention to the sport that they're watching I mean some of the comments that these people make are just ludicrous. I love getting like some NASCAR fans going out there because I for
1: instance we were just talking about the stages earlier. In one breath you're going to criticize NASCAR be, be that becoming just entertainment like the WWE, but in the next breath you'll be you'll say, "Oh, but the stages are great. We need the stages. Oh, these yeah. guys wouldn't be racing for 10th place if they didn't have the stages." That, that's, it's one or the other. Yeah. yeah. I, I like certain things. There was a whole debate about the playoffs I saw this week. <laughs> There's just so much to debate when it comes to NASCAR. We're going to have a lot to debate this season as far as the rules package goes. But let's move on to next week's race in Phoenix. But
0: before we do that, Dan, let's hear the news. Big news this week. The Jonas Brothers have reunited.
1: Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord in heaven.
0: Uh, no, but really, the big news uh, this week just came out today, actually, uh, is that the 2019 award ceremony has officially been moved to Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I was moved in 2009 from New York to Las Vegas, and they had a good, you know, like nine year run in the desert. But we're happy to see NASCAR's biggest night is coming back to the Southeast and kind of seeing that shift of the sport kind of like getting back to their roots. Um personally I think the awards ceremony should be in Charlotte along with like the Xfinity, the trucks and the regional series they do their awards ceremony in Charlotte. Um but this is clearly a play to get Nashville Fairgrounds on the schedule next year. you think year. so? Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, perhaps I don't think so much that the awards ceremony should be in Charlotte. Sure it's that's home territory and for Xfinity and trucks teams I think it's appropriate but for the Premier League I think that you can have a destination award ceremony, and certainly now, with uh, moving into Nashville
0: this year, it does. It has speaks volumes about what some of the NASCAR's plans may be. Yeah, because I mean, you look the '90s; they had it in New York. That was kind of like you know NASCAR was exploding at that point. Yeah, did so, Jeff it Gordon
1: era that's car, which I did finally watch that Jeff Gordon yeah, Gaylord, I watched that thing, the other day too, and yeah. it,
0: it was pretty fantastic yeah, it was great, and
1: that end scene when Jeff Gordon d- goes to canapolis was pretty moving yeah. I was like oh, I'm Shout not
0: here I'm not
1: crying you're crying,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like they moved it to Vegas, and you know that was kind of you know the big thing for a few years, and Vegas is now the opening race in the playoffs right last year they opened in Vegas, so it kind of seemed weird because this it's been a rumor now, you know, Junior has definitely talked about that the award ceremony would be moving. So I was kind of surprised to see that they announced this so soon, you know, that this year it would be in Nashville. But like I said, I think the reason they're doing that is because this deal with Fairground Speedway, they're trying to get it back onto the schedule. So I think having the award ceremony there and bringing in all the haulers and, you know, having that you know, that big night for NASCAR, the city will see like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, we should probably get on board with this. It'll probably bring a lot of money into the city. So I think it would, I think it's a great
1: spot for the tour to go. And I think the series would have a great date on the calendar. If that's their whole vision with bringing the award ceremony there, then I'm, I'm on board with it because I'd want to see racing like that back on the schedule and storm like a smaller track or an older track. And, Get back to some. Could be of that. cool to have a triple header there. Heck yeah, yeah, absolutely. And who knows at a, a date
0: like that? You can have some like late model races leading yeah. up in the week. That was the only thing that was really newsworthy uh for this show. Really, let's uh just look forward to Phoenix. Last week we did our fantasy worst finish. Well, picks. last show, last show. Yeah, I should say that. All right, and and so we. After our last
1: show, we predicted drivers and their worst finish, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. in the Atlanta race. Yes. Folds of Honor, 500. And, man, oh, man, I did not score well. <laughs> I did not score well with a good Eric Jones finish. He had a top five, which was not what I thought would happen. It, I mean, Eric Jones is a talented driver. I just, for some reason, I just had that feeling that he might struggle a little bit. But, man, oh, man, Eric Jones... And I picked uh, Ricky
0: Stenhouse oh, Jr. Position. He came home seventh. And where where did Ricky finish? I don't. Do you have it pulled up? Eighteenth. Eighteenth. Okay. So I won that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you did. So looking ahead, well, let's let's talk a little fantasy coming up this weekend in Phoenix. I mean, this is it's Kevin Harvick territory. So in debris and turn three over at Fantrax, I look at really these dis- positions games. There's are points to be had there but you also have to weigh in where a guy's going to it doesn't where he's going to finish because you get a few bonus points for top 5s and top 10 finishes and they accumulate so if you win and get that 5 point bonus with also finishing in the top 5 with the first place and top 10 you can potentially get as many as Eight bonus points so there are a lot of different things you look at when it comes to a race at phoenix and the one first one is that kevin harvick is probably the favorite coming into this weekend i think so kyle bush he won the last race in the fall in the playoffs and when i think of
0: phoenix he's usually pretty strong i usually think of uh denny hamlin and uh clint boyer when it comes to Phoenix too. When I think of Phoenix, I think of Denny Hamlin getting put into the wall by <laughs> Chase Elliott. <laughs> that was some good hard racing. Yeah. Well, now this is the second racing. time that they're gonna be on the new configuration with Right, the, so new configuration,
1: yeah. this new rules package. We might see some some pretty wild racing. So when you in our little fantasy game that we've kind of made up for our show here, we always kind of try to do a little head-to-head thing here on the Debris and Turn 3 show. And this year, we're trying to find out who's going to score the least amount of points in our little <laughs> head-to-head battle. Uh, so when you look, are, do you consider just a bad performance? Or do you think like, somebody that might be a little too racy in this rules package and perhaps might have some
0: contact and end up you know, in, behind the wall? Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, not handling well or just not a good race car that day. It's hard because, I mean, in our rounders Champions League, we typically go and we pick
1: the struggling teams in the lower half the, to finish best. Yeah. But now we're checking the higher tiered teams to finish poorly. So you jumped down and you took one of the stronger picks of the pool with Ricky Stenhouse
0: Jr. But we were only taking top drivers in this, right? right. So Correct. we're not taking those rounder drivers. Basically, so. yeah.
1: Yeah. But Ricky Stenhouse... Truth be told, I have yet to give Dan the official race pool. And Ricky Stenhouse, I was going to put him on there because you need a couple of guys that are good but also bad. Or are they bad but also good? I'm not quite sure. And he would have been there. So I feel like Ricky Stenhouse would have been a high rank pick in our little game. Okay. So who for this week,
0: I'm looking at the entry list for uh, this race for – phoenix right now so i have i know who i'm picking i am going to go this week
1: oh boy i am going to go with william byron
0: okay um i'm gonna go with ryan newman
1: okay okay so you took both your roush cars right off the bat yeah all right see in this little league that would rank them high as possible choices. You would rank Newman high? Yeah, because, I mean, how well has Roush been performing the last couple of seasons? Even though you have Rocket Ryan Newman in the six-car now, I mean, you, you didn't pick Kyle Bush because you think that he might end up with a top five, possibly a win. Yeah. You picked Ryan Newman because you think he might possibly finish 20th or worse. Correct. That's why I say in this league, he, might, he would be ranked <laughs> high as a possible right. choice. OK, we're, Let's... We're, 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 before we move on and we will move on, Very. This. Is, we're just we're kind of experimenting here with possible fantasy games and ideas of things, what to bring to the debris and turn three fantasy league in the future, because this is just the beginning here where we're looking forward to a lot of fantastic racing this year and beyond. I mean, as, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. Dan, I don't so... know, do you want to keep watching racing with me? <laughs> I mean, we
0: are going to go to Pocono later this season. We are, which I realized last year on the show. I think I'm on record on the show saying I will never purchase a ticket to a cup race (laughs) if they have stage racing. (laughs) And yet here I was like, oh, hey, I got a free weekend. You want to go to a cup race in Pennsylvania? Absolutely. At arguably
1: one of the worst tracks to viewer race. Yeah, But at least you said
0: you got some shady seats because I heard the sun in July at Pocono can be pretty brutal. Uh, I looked up the weather for that time of the year. It actually says, like, 70s, like, 80s is kind of like the high. I'll take a hot day at the, so. at the racetrack in sunshine any day, though. Yeah, but we're up in the 300 section, like, high in the grandstands, shaded. They have a, a little roof over our, our area. Tip we're right top. at the end of, sort of towards the end of Pit Road. We got the big Jumbotron in front of us. So. I'm psyched. Yeah.
1: I'm really pumped. I was great. When you sent me that text, I was like, absolutely. Yes, we will go. We will go. Yeah.
0: All right, so what do else have we got? All right, so last show that we did, we predicted who would get their win taken away first, who was going to win the championship, who was going to have the most wins. Um, one thing that we didn't predict is who was going to be the rookie of the year.
1: Well, I mean, that's a pretty easy one, though, to call here
0: at the Debris and Turn 3 podcast, right? I don't... I mean, I... Th- I think what you're saying is that Daniel Hemrick will get the Rookie of the Year? I think Daniel Hemrick is going to be a fine
1: challenger to the Rookie of the Year title. However, I think the pilot of the 47 Kroger Chevrolet, Ryan Priest, will be Rookie of
0: the Year at the end of the season. Okay, See, I would have taken that pick, but I knew you were going to take that pick, so I'll say Hemrick. But you, just to be contrary,
1: you don't think that it's going to be Matt though? Oh, Tiff, I do. Though. Oh,
0: no, no. And no. you,
1: but what about Cody Ware, you best friend of the Debris and Turn Three show? <laughs> you know, quite possibly could be Cody Ware. Cody Ware, if you're listening, stand on it, brother.
0: Stand <laughs> on it. Which he's not going to be in the 52, he'll be in the 51 this week. No, I, actually, I, I got the Like I said, I have the entry list here. Is he not? Um, I thought I saw that he was set. vehicle number. Ooh, Cody Ware in the 51. Yeah, he's making a bid for that rookie of the year. Cody Ware's got to be in there. Oh, I'm sorry. I was confusing with BJ McLeod. Oh, BJ heading the McLeod. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, McLeod is not in the 52 this week. Bailey Curry, whoever that is. For the record,
1: Rick Ware Racing. This, you're going to play ball in the big leagues, then. You're gonna have to, kind of have to take it because t- t- just like you the know, fans in the seats of any NFL game, MLB, NHL, like those New York Islander fans when they <laughs> greeted John Tavares when he came back, little pajama boy from Toronto. If you're going to wreck rookie of the year contender and our favorite driver on pit lane, in your second pit lane incident of the year in this young 2019 season. You bet your ass you're going to hear about it. And then you go and you block somebody. And I just find it funny that blocking was a big topic of discussion among NASCAR drivers and media yeah. this past week. Yeah. And they were saying some drivers, well, how they, do, they feel like they don't want to block people on social media because some people find it like a rite of passage. Right. I honestly did not feel like it was a rite of passage when Cody Ware blocked <laughs> us. I was like a little insulted and like, really? Yeah, it was like, after, like, one joke. I, like, one joke? Like, <laughs> you couldn't take the one joke, man? Like, yeah. I, I I hope he wasn't upset at, the, like, the joke. I'd rather him be, like, more upset that I made fun of the Dallas Cowboys in right. the meme. Like, I'd be like, <laughs> he made fun of the Cowboys? Fuck this guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe he doesn't know that you're a Giants fan. Well, so.
1: anyway, but wow, I was like, really? I'm like, Cody, we watch you guys. I, we're probably the few NASCAR fans that intently watch these guys at the back of the field because yeah. somehow or another, this wave around his league has really amped up intensity in the last several weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Is that about yeah. it for our, this week's program? Yeah, that's it. Um, I had a lot of fun today, Dan. Me too. This was a good show. It was a good show. Yeah. I'm looking forward to two weeks
0: when we're back yeah. after the Martinsville race. No, actually um, after auto club speedway. So we'll be back to finish the West coast swing.
1: Oh, fantastic! So yes. we'll get the recap
0: weekend, the West Coast swing.
1: Cool. Yeah. All right. I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to the start of the IndyCar season coming up. The Grand Prix of St. Petersburg this weekend on ABC, and also in Qatar, the MotoGP is getting started. And we'll just have to wait and find out when the F1 season is going to get going. Well, we know when it's starting, but we'll be waiting for it as also. Just this is the the Moto season, you racing season You'll be is waiting full swing. For the F1 season to start. I like Elle, I like all races. <laughs> But we'll be back after the dance set after auto club and we'll be here online, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook guys like follow. I'm stealing. Well, you're going to have a blog part.
0: post after the Phoenix race. Yes. So, so stay tuned
1: to debris 3com Yep. And you can catch that there and get all the links to everything that we're doing. Uh, we're just trying to do something for the fans and a place to talk racing and, you know, getting this discussion going, and I think this next couple of years of racing, like you said, this new, we're back coming to the southeast with the awards ceremony. The schedule might change. I think NASCAR's got a bright future ahead of it. I think they do too. Aside from everyone that would be commenting on our page, would say, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, the negativity." It's a it's a great sport, guys. It was a beautiful afternoon in Las Vegas last week, and it looks as beautiful scenery out in the Southwest. I'm looking forward to this week's race in Phoenix. You want to take us out, Dan? Uh, no, you can. I just did that pretty much. <laughs> stealing stealing your a little bit at the end. All right, guys. This was Debris in Turn 3. I'm Matt. I'm Dan. We'll see you soon. Bye.